All right, from the file of why in the hell would we do that, I'm going to tell you a story that's very scary in the news. Also, a holiday tradition that perhaps you should start if you don't do it already because you want to tell the universe you're ready. And movies, movies, movies. Oh, yes. Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the Corelcast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service. It is the Corel Cast. I am Corel. So very glad you are joining me on this wild, wacky Wednesday. <laughs> or so it may turn out to be. Who can say? Uh, all right. You know, in the movie Jurassic Park, there is a great line. We were so busy wondering if we could. We never asked if we should. And, you know, there's so much in today's world that I think that can be applied to. But I have got I've taken to something new with the news. Since the real news, you know, the world news, is so damn depressing. I mean, yesterday on uh, Tuesday, Al Gore said that the COP28 will be signing our death certificate if they do not agree to put the wording that we must get off of fossil fuel, the one thing that all scientists agree, uh, that we must get off of fossil fuel and coal, but at this big climate summit, they can't seem to put that into an agreement. Uh, also, diet. They all agree we should go vegan. And again, they have, they're they having trouble putting that in. We are making gains with diet. They are going to put something about diet in the agreement. Uh, but it basically stops short of saying we all need to be vegans. Uh, so they're not really, you know, money. Money is winning once again at this COP28. The rich na oil nations, the meat dairy industry, they are controlling things. And it's obvious. And Al Gore is furious. He is saying this is just on the verge of collapse, this hearing, this meeting. Uh, it was supposed to end yesterday, but it hasn't because they can't pound out this agreement. Uh, because they can't agree that we need to get rid Let me rephrase. Most of them agree that we got to get rid of fossil fuel and become vegans, except the oil-producing and meat and dairy-producing nations. Uh, they don't agree, and they've got lots of money, and a sultan uh, is the head of COP28, so there's that. So I have been going over to science, health, and technology news because there is news in those areas, and some of it may be interesting for you, uh, the listeners, including in Amsterdam, where I'm charting very high. Uh, hello, all my friends in Amsterdam. I have friends in Amsterdam. Uh, and hello, all my friends uh, in Amsterdam. I want to be there in the lead spline. I want to be, uh, hell, even in the red light. I'll take it. I'll want to be anywhere. The Hilton over there is where Human Brot threw himself to his death. A lovely Hilton. Uh, anyway, so hello Amsterdam and Canada and Ireland and, oh God, Switzerland, Finland. I'm charting all over the place. United States. Hello. Uh, so glad you're with us. So uh, in science news, I read a story last I read two stories that just disturbed me. One was a graphic that I will post, a video that I will post at my social media, Really Corel. That's on everything. YouTube.com forward slash Really Corel. Instagram Really Corel. TikTok Really Corel. Um, threads, really, Corel. So I will not do X. That No, just if you're on X or Twitter, then you're a mess. You shouldn't be. Uh, but uh, the story that I read was extraordinarily interesting uh, and scary. And it really made me say, hey, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. This is not going to lead to a good end. And any gains society may get from this 
will one day be taken away by the downside because the downside is apocalyptic. And that what they have done is they have merged brain cells, human brain cells, with artificial intelligence and machinery, a computer, computer circuits. So basically, they're going to make an AI, an artificial intelligence, out of neurons, out of, brain, out of human brain cells. Now, the questions that that brings up are infinite. First of all, though, the big one, is it life? If it's intelligent, if it's made out of organic matter, meaning brain cells, is it life? Is it alive? Because I tend to think, yes, it is. Uh, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, will it become self-aware? If it is made out of brain cells, if it is artificial intelligence, if it can then expand its own memory by creating more brain cells. I think about that. A computer could expand, it, an AI could expand its own intelligence if it's made out of something that it can reproduce like brain cells. So will it become all-knowing? Will it use Elon Musk's Starlink uh, like a Skynet and basically take us over? Because when AI becomes sentient, and this is going to happen if we keep it up, the first thing it will realize is that we are the enemy. I mean, any intelligent creature would realize that humans are the problem with planet Earth. And therefore, if this creature, this AI creature, wanted to live and stay inhabiting planet Earth, it would get rid of the cancer. That's us. Now, science fiction after science fiction after science fiction has predicted this. But we won't listen. We won't watch The Terminator, which was done, what, 30 years ago? You know, we won't watch that and say, oh, yeah, gee, there's the, 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 the ability for this to go very bad. No, no. We seem to think, see, this is our hubris. We seem to think we can control anything and everything that we create. And that's just, history tells us we can't control hardly anything that we create. Hell, y'all create your own children and you can't control them. So you think you're going to control AI once you create it? It's like creating a child. What if it grows up to be a willful child? What if it grows up to be Jeffrey Dahmer? He was somebody's child. What if it grows up to be the hillside strangler kind of child? Or worse, what if it grows up to be a real brainiac child, this AI brain cell merge? Because again, a really intelligent computer would know that we are the enemy. And so you have to wonder, why do humans have a death wish? You know, in this segment, I'm sort of, uh, referencing that in two ways, the COP28 conference. Why do we have a death wish? Why won't we acknowledge that we've got to get rid of fossil fuels? What's so hard about that? I mean, most of you aren't invested in fossil fuel companies. Most of you don't own stock in them. Most of you don't make any money every time. You know, I went to the gas pump yesterday, $55 to fill up the Lexus. So I don't understand why it's so hard for us to let go of fossil fuels. We're not invested in them at all. In fact, they cost us tons of money and make our lives hell and destroy our planet. So why would we want to hold on to those? So the answer there is you and I wouldn't. 
You and I can give a rat's ass what powers our car, our house, our public transportation. We don't care who's got the power. We just care if it gets us from point A to point B. And can we afford it? That's what we care. So obviously the people that do care about fossil fuel, meaning the people that sell it, they're the ones making the decision because you or I would give it up. And they know that. We'd give it up. So why are they hell-bent on our destruction? What's in it for them if they kill the planet and kill all their consumers? I don't get it. And then the second thing is, why would scientists merge AI, which we already are putting up bells and whistles and legislation, why would we merge it with brain cells, with biological cells? What the hell is wrong with us? What kind of crack are these scientists smoking? Oh, look what we can do. Look what we can. Yes, but stop. Don't do it. You know, oftentimes people can do things that they shouldn't do. And we say, no, don't do that. We know you can do that, like cloning, human cloning. We can do it. We've been able to do it since Hello, Dolly the Sheep. However, we made rules against human cloning. We said, no, nah, you can clone a sheep, but you can't clone a human. We have the technology. We could clone humans, or at least start to try, but we don't. Well, then why the hell are we going to create AI merged with brain cells, a biological thinking machine. Sweet baby Jesus on the little cross of Mary. What the hell? I mean, really. All right, yesterday I took part in one of my holiday traditions. I'm going to share it with you to hopefully inspire you because now is the time of year you want to be sending the universe positive messages about the new year. And this will be a very positive message this tradition. So I'm going to tell you all about it. Don't go anywhere at all unless you take me with you on your phone your iPhone. broadcasting from a completely different point of view yours listen daily to the corral cast on your favorite streaming service you're listening to the corral cast driving you home or driving you crazy It is the Krellcast. I am Corell. Happy Wednesday to you. So very glad you are joining me on this week before the week before Christmas. Uh, I will be taking some time off over the holidays. I hope you all understand. I'll give you that updated schedule. Uh, all right. So yesterday, uh, I gave myself the guilty pleasure of having uh, my, my maid come, Lorena, and her staff. Uh, and uh, they came and cleaned, and I paid for it. And I'm, I always think to myself, why did you do that? And it's so fun because, you know, it's money. Uh, but it's funny because Steve cleaned his house on Sunday and on Monday on NHK world, I saw this whole art, this whole thing on NHK world, because they're a great news channel about how cleaning is a form of self meditation and how cleaning your environment is actually Zen Buddhist. Uh, and it, it sends out these positive messages, uh, about your environment and about how you care for it. Uh, and how much you respect it and yourself by keeping it clean. Uh, and so I told Steve, I, I said, oh, my God, you know, you said you just deep cleaned your house. Well, I saw this whole uh, Zen Buddhist special on NHK World 
about cleaning and how cleaning is therapeutic and meditative and how it sends positive messages to the universe and all that. Uh, and, and I think there's something to that. I, I don't understand people who have a dirty house. I don't get it. Pick up your damn laundry. Clean your kitchen. Don't leave crumbs and things on the counter. Don't have dishes in the sink. Even if they're clean, dry them and put them away. Now, you can leave them in the dishwasher for a minute. But if they're, if they're visible, put them away. Treat your kitchen like a restaurant. Keep, treat your house like a hotel. Walk into your house right now and look around. If you walked into a hotel room that looked like that, would you want to stay there? If the answer is no, then, honey, you got some work to do. The same thing with your kitchen. Walk into your kitchen, look around, look inside your refrigerator, look inside your cabinets. Would you want to eat at that restaurant? If the answer is no, then guess what, child? You got some work to do. Okay, you got some work to do. So, you know, I have this. So yesterday as she was cleaning, I decided that I needed to redo my desk out in the living room. The wires were just getting just out of control, just cray cray. Uh, and I said, you know what? You've got to redo these wires. You've got to redo your desk. You've got to just make sure that it's just not out of control. So I did. Well, then I had to wrap some wires in, in the twist ties, and I had to wrap up other wires that were extra in the drawer because I cleaned the drawer of the desk and all these miscellaneous wires and papers. Then I went through all my theme books and notebooks and notepads and tore out all the pages that I didn't need that were not relevant, show sheets and notes and things that were no longer relevant. So they're all pristine and clean. Uh, you know, the, those theme books you buy. So that there's nothing but blank paper in there now. And if there were notes I needed, I saved them, I filed them. I went into my multimedia drawer that I have in my coffee table and I got rid of stuff. I even got myself a Bluetooth keyboard. It was on special. And with all the coupons I had, I literally paid $19 for it because I had $80 in coupons of Best Buy, uh, you know, certificates that I haven't used. Uh, so I want to tell the universe that I'm ready for more productions. I'm ready for more creativity. You know, I'm ready. I'm absolutely ready. And how do you tell the universe that? By getting your stuff in order. And so I know the holidays are a hectic time. I know that you're doing shopping and parts of your house are a mess because of gift wrapping or presents or whatever. But it should be a time for you to purge. This should be your winter purge. And what I mean is clothes you don't wear, donate. Now is a great time to donate clothes to the Goodwill Salvation Army. I prefer you find a local charity that's not Goodwill or Salvation Army, maybe out of the closet if you have one of those, uh, or you know something other than because Goodwill and Salvation Army are evil. Uh, but donate your clothes to a local thrift shop, a local thrift shop, or take them to Buffalo Exchange or whatever. Redo your computer area. Make sure that there's no strange wires. Make sure the wires aren't all you know, entangled with each other. Make sure you don't have things plugged in that you don't need. Clean it up. Do more. Tell the universe that you are ready. You are ready for change. You are ready for good things to come your way. You are getting your house in order so you can have guests, so you can have literal and figurative guests. You are getting your workspace in order so you can be more productive. You are getting your life in order. Do that laundry. You know, clean up. Clean up the house. Do the laundry. 
redo the computer area, purge, get rid of stuff. I got rid of so much stuff yesterday and trash. If you've got notebooks full of old notes that you don't need, if you've got, you know, whatever, just get rid of anything that you're not using, that you're not, that you don't need. Purge it out and let the universe know that come January, you are ready to hit the ground running. You are ready to amp your business up to the next level. You are ready to take your hobby to the next level. You are ready to take your passion to the next level. You're making room. You're making space. You're, you're cleaning up. You're taking pride. This is the time to do that. I know you think spring is, and you do it again. Do it in December, and yes, do it again like come April. Every three, four months, purge. Get rid of clothes you're not wearing or that don't fit. Get rid of items around your house that don't work. Electronics that you say you're going to get fixed, fix them or get rid of them. Clean it, fix it, get rid of it. One of those three options. If it needs cleaning, clean it. If it needs fixing, fix it. Or get rid of it. And so this is the time of year that I do that. I've got a big 30-gallon trash bag of clothes I need to donate, underwear and socks, because I bought new ones at 40% off at Kohl's a couple months ago. I literally paid like $39 to replenish all of my socks and underwear. Well, it would have been much more, but I had 40% off. I had $50 in Kohl's cash. I had, you know, so literally it was like $150 worth of socks and underwear for $39. So tell the world that you are ready for what's next, that you are ready for more. You're ready for that raise. You're ready for that bonus. You're ready. You are in the game. And you do that by taking pride and taking care, taking care of your space, purging things you don't need, doing charity work, donating things. This is the time. And so I hope I have inspired you to do that. I hope I've inspired you to reassess. And I mean, it can be big stuff. Rearrange your living room. Get rid of some furniture. Get a new piece, whatever. Make your space your own. Make it clean and make it efficient. Don't have anything around that you don't need. And then once you do that, you're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel more organized. You're going to feel, you know, cleaner. You're going to feel like things are in order. And once you feel like things are in order, once you make order of things, your life tends to fall into order. And make some tough decisions. If there's been things you've been holding on to, it's like, why are you holding on to them? Let them go or fix it, clean it or get rid of, you know, don't like I had the base to a tea maker and the base still worked. It was the carafe that broke, but they sent me a whole new tea maker, but I saved the base. And I thought, why? In case the other base goes out, if it does, get a new one. It's under warranty or, you know, whatever. Go buy it, whatever. You don't need to have a second ba backup base for your team maker. So out it went. Selager, goodbye. And the same thing for all those cords. How many USB cables do you need to connect devices you no longer have? Oh, but what if? Ah, 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 ah. The other hard decision will be the what ifs. But what if, I, you know, I know this wrench only fits one thing that I no longer have, but what if, uh-uh. See, that's how hoarders think. So you need to purge. You need to redo, renew. If your dishes are old and shabby, now there's great sales going on. Get some new ones. Redo your workspace. Rethink your art. It is time to replenish yourself.
It's winter. You're nesting. So nest, but nest in a clean nest. Don't nest in some dirty-ass nest. All right, don't nest in a nest that nobody would want to stay in. Make sure you're hibernating while you're hibernating in a very clean, very organized, very efficient. And that doesn't mean take away all your favorite things. That doesn't mean you can't have a lot of stuff. It means that you can't have clutter. Get rid of clutter. Declutter your life. Wires are clutter. Get rid of as many of them as you can. You know, in the kitchen. Move things around. Give yourself a little more counter space. Part with some things. Add in some new ones that are smaller, more efficient. Purge. All right. When we come back, I've been watching some movies. And since it's screener season, I want to share with you that that way you won't waste your time on some of them. Because some of them are great. But some of them, oh, my God. You just wonder how they got made. If you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily... You're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really K-A-R-E-L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home or driving you crazy. All right. It is screener season, and I'm going to be watching like every movie in the world, and I might as well share with you uh, what I think of these films. And that way, if you come across them, I mean, you can always watch them and decide for yourself, but you'll have a little knowledge going in. Um, as for, I don't, I'll try not to give away, you know, a lot of spoilers when I do this because I don't want to ruin movies for you. Uh, but I will have to tell you, you know, a little bit of what they're about. So today I have something really charming. I have something really extraordinarily odd. Uh, and I have something that just made me go, how did this movie get made and why are they, it's up for Golden Globes? And I'm like, what, what am I, am I watching? You know, let's start with that because sometimes a movie is hailed and a performance is hailed and you watch it and you think, am I watching the same movie? Did I, did I see the same film that they're talking about? Because, and for me, that movie is Bo is Afraid. It's with Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, who is a very competent and good actor, you know, in spite of the material. But, A, it's long, two and a half hours. And B, halfway through the movie, I just found myself staring at the screen going, what the fuck? I mean, I, there were some tangents this movie went on. I was like, now granted, we're thinking that he's on a drug trip. Uh, and that's not spoiling it for you. But, you, you know, we're, we're thinking that because this doctor gives him this drug and says, take it only with water. And he, of course, doesn't. Uh, and then all of a sudden, all of it. But it's kind of like a wants to be a black comedy horror film with a kind of apocalyptic feel to it. Um, I mean, I think either he's hallucinating or there's like, I don't say zombies, but it's just. Freaking weird. It's called Bo is Afraid. I believe he's up for a Golden Globe for it. I mean, yeah, his acting is a tour de force, but you can't make out. Like, I couldn't tell you the plot. I really, 
It's really just about a guy trying to get home because of his mother. That's that's what it's about. A guy trying to get home because of his mother. And then the end, they try to mind screw you. And you're like, what? What? But they kind of lose you in the middle with a whole kind of animated sequence. And you're like, wait, what? There's animation? I'm Really? It's called Bo is Afraid. It's getting rave reviews. It's getting. It's already up for some awards, including a Golden Globe. I, for the life of me, have no idea what that... I mean, I just don't even know how it got made. If I was an executive and I read the script at a studio, I'd be like, no, we're not putting millions of dollars into that. Sorry, nah, no. Uh, but I don't know who the movie's for. I really don't. Kids aren't going to... I mean, millennials, Gen Z, they're not going to watch it. Older people like me are going to look at it and go, what the fuck? And so I, I'm not even sure who the movie is for. Maybe it's just for critics. Some, and I'm a critic, by the way. So, you know, I, I think they were trying to woo me with the artsiness and all of that and the metaphors. And yeah, no, no, it was just strange. Bo is afraid made me afraid. I was like, I'm afraid of this movie. I, don't, I do not know what's going on. I have tried to follow it. I'm getting my white matter is diminishing right now in my head. I can feel it. Uh, so, yeah. So, Bo is Afraid. Mm. The second movie that I watched was by Wes Anderson. Now, you might know him from the Royal Tenenbaums uh, and the Grand Budapest Hotel, uh, Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. And he is an acquired taste. However, I did really like the Grand Buda Budapest Hotel. And so I have liked one of his movies. And I've seen most of them. I don't like, I did not like the Royal Tenenbaums. I did not like Life Aquatic. Uh, well, Asteroid City, uh, which has just about, I mean, Tom Hanks. It has, oh my God, Edward Norton. It has uh, Adrian Brody. It, it has just has, oh, it's Scarlett Johansson. I mean, and just many, many others. It's got just a lot of people in it. Again, what is it about? I, maybe The Visit from an Alien. Maybe a family story. Maybe a story about the creative process. All I know is at the end of the movie, I said out loud, well, that was one of the worst movies I have ever seen. So it did elicit a reaction, and that's what films are supposed to do. But it was one of those movies where I felt like, gee, I'll never get that two hours back. Uh, because, and I wanted to like it. I stayed with it because I'm like, the acting, I mean, these actors are good actors, but the source material, um, no. Is it pretty to look at or avant-garde? Lots of color and strange shots and interesting cinematography? Absolutely. If it were a picture book, it'd be beautiful. But as a movie, again, it was a WTF. What the? Now, it's not up for any awards so far. Uh, and that's uh, shocking people because Wes Anderson's movies usually are. Uh, but this, it was just, I, it missed the mark. You know, the, the mark of a movie is to entertain, tell a story, and then either be just funny or provocative or thought-provoking or something to elicit some sort of uh, dialogue after the movie, to uh, elicit some sort of feeling within the viewer, the only feeling I had was that I felt stupid for watching it. So, yeah, no. Asteroid City, no. However, out of three movies that I watched, uh, which was Bo is Afraid, and that made me afraid that I had watched it, 
uh, Asteroid City, which make, made me question why I watched it. Uh, the third one was an absolute delight. Oh, my God, what a wonderful Christmas movie. It is called The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti. Oh, my God. It was wonderful. It was everything a holiday movie should be. It was heartwarming. It had drama. Parts of it wanted to make you cry. It had interesting characters and protagonists. It had a Scrooge. It, you know, it, it was really, really wonderful. And at its core, the movie is just three people. Paul Giamatti, the college or the high school student that has to stay behind, uh, and the head of the kitchen, who is an African-American woman who has lost her son to the Vietnam War. It is set in the era of Vietnam. And it just makes you feel that era. I was a kid in the 70s, and it's set in the early 70s, and I was like 10, 12 years old. I remember everything they do in that movie, you know? And so it's really, really, it's, gra- it's a great holiday film. And so if you want something that's heartwarming, uh, that's, you know, funny at times, sad at times, poignant at times, uh, and that brings you back to a simpler era, the 70s, uh, then I highly recommend The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti. And it wins in my book for addressing which eye to look him in. You know he's got the roving eyes. And in the movie, he looks right at the camera and points to his right eye and says, this one, look in this one. And that just freaked me. I thought, wow, is he wondering if we're wondering which eye to look in? Because he's him. Because uh, sometimes I do with Paul Giamatti. I wonder, like, which eye? Uh, you know when someone's got a little wandering eye and you're kind of like, do I look at that? Is it insulting to ask them which eye? Should, which, which one is your good eye? Which, you know, should. But anyway, so he addresses that. So it's called The Holdovers, and you should see it. Hey, it's Karel. I am. Ember and I would like to thank you for joining us today. And remind you, there's a way to never miss a thing, and that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash really That's youtube.com forward slash really for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash really That's patreon.com forward slash really my website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, Really Corel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free Corelcast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free Corelcast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so it doesn't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.